Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the I Want to Be a Producer podcast, sponsored by Flying Penguin Graphics, audio production by Kieran Nemont. And here's your host, Curtis Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the I Want to Be a Producer podcast, where emerging creatives and producers can gain insight from established and respected producers about what it takes to become successful in the TV, film, or theater industry, or any industry that has a producer. My name is Curtis Brown. I am your host, and I am joined today by... Uh, it's the same guy every week, Kieran Nemon. How you doing? Uh, the same guy every week. The same guy every week. <laughs> yeah, you know, doing good, sir. Doing good, and you? Yeah, I'm okay, man. Everything's fine. Yeah, well, you're in a you're in a bathrobe at the moment, so yeah. No, I'm not, dude. This is a cardigan. <laughs> it's just got the top of a bathrobe. Now everyone's gonna be like, "What kind of shirt is this?" Uh, also, wow, Kieran branching out and like speaking and like starting the conversation with me, everyone. <laughs> So anyway, um, our guests today are actually two really wonderful humans, and they have huge hearts, and they're leading the way for a short-form musical film down in New York City. Uh, we talk about The Price is Right, which I know sounds weird, but we it'll make sense in a minute. And no, neither of them produced on it, although they might have an end to do that. You're about to find out. Uh, creative financing, we talk about choosing to work, um, choosing which champion to work, and we talk about musical film. So Kieran, take it away. Our guests today are both actors and producers based in New York City. Guest one went to Penn State for her BFA in music theater, and guest two went to the University of Cincinnati's College Conservatory of Music to get his BFA. And somehow, along the way, they met and formed a production company called Empty Shorts, which is a new creative platform that fosters emerging writers to compose musical short film. Collectively, their selected highlights and collaborations as creator, producer, performers is literally like a charcuterie board, offering you variations in theater, TV, web, concerts, with companies like Broadway National Tours, Tony Award-winning Center Theater Group, Alliance Theater, ABC, Fox, Sony, Cartoon Network, Mariah Carey's Christmas Spectacular, The Town Hall, 54 Below, to name a few. They most recently had a virtual premiere for a high school Zoomsicle, which features a family-friendly jam-packed night of special performances and interactive experiences, including fireside chats, mixology, music theater trivia with Broadway Talk Live, and much more. Among numerous individual accomplishments, as a team, they have won at the Big Apple and prestigious film festivals for their film Hey Beautiful, have currently raised over $5,600 for the Fund for College audition from high school Zoomsicle, and must have a really nice car because Guess One's resume says that one of her special skills is winning cars on the Price is Right. Welcome to the I'm Going to Be a Producer podcast, Sarah Ellis and Greg Camp. Holy schmoly. That's the greatest introduction I think we've ever, ever wow. received. What an honor. <laughs> and the honor is all ours, Curtis. Thank you so much. Sarah, still, wow. Sarah is, is in inaudible. She says, so, so tell us a little bit about the, the car thing, first of all, because that's like everyone's going to be wondering that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, you set that, you set that up real well. Um, uh, I, I won a car on The Price is Right when I was on tour with A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder in LA. Look it up online. You can find it. It's ridiculous. I get on the hood of the car like a crazy person because I am. So what happened with the car? Did you end up driving it for the rest of tour? Did you just leave it there? I left it there. No, I I was like, you guys can have it. I don't need it. I'm cool. Um, No, actually, I got a check instead because they were phasing out the model that I won and all sorts of stuff. And I was on tour at the time. So when they called me, I was like, oh, this is a blessing because I was like, how am I going to facilitate the handoff of a car yeah. while I'm touring the country. It was going to be right. a total nightmare. So it worked out really well. Everything you need to know about Sarah Ellis uh, is 
included in that one story, which is just the fact that she was on a Broadway national tour, ended up on The Price is Right, and walked away winning a car and becoming... I did. So there's another part of that story, and Drew is a friend now, so... No, he's not. Like, an actual guy that you can, like, call up and be like, Drew, what's going on? Yes, I love him. He's the best. What a way I've gone to, to Disney, Disney with him before. He's It's awesome. Wait, I hate this. I hate this. Now I don't even want to talk about producing. I don't want to talk about you two. I just want to talk about Drew Carey, the Drew Carey show. How good of a song that song is, uh, Cleveland yes. Rocks as an entrance. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, they nailed that. I can't and wait also, till he hears this. I if, if Drew Carey is listening to this, I want you on this podcast. And I'm only getting you on this podcast through Sarah Ellis. That's the only way. <laughs> and the only way I want you here is driving in person in a car. That's the only celebrity we will have on this podcast. That's that's it. We're done. So Greg goes and gets his BFA from the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music. Sarah, you go to Penn State and get yours. So that's like a three-hour plane ride, a 54-hour bike ride, or a 139-hour walk between each other. So how did you two end up meeting each other? Like, explain that. Oh my gosh. Greg, we still don't know. (laughs) Right? Yeah, we get we get asked this question a lot, and we still don't have an answer because we actually have no clue how we met. We we think it was at a gala that I was helping produce that Sarah was there when we first sort of crossed paths. But even that doesn't explain how we've ended up starting a company together and are here today, spending pretty much every waking moment <laughs> together. So. It's, um, yeah, we're still a little dumbfounded by, by how we actually It's so interesting. We weren't like, I mean, we weren't best friends or anything. Like we, we kind of met, I took him to the opening night of a Broadway play. We got drinks afterwards. We, I heard that he was going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and I was very intrigued. And I was like, this man is a very fascinating human and has done so many cool things. And then we went to a, a workout class, like a couple weeks later and afterwards we sat, we were kind of talking about what we wanted to create. And oh no, we were at the Whitney. We went to the Whitney and we were talking about how we wanted to create space for our friends who are writing these magnificent works and brilliant shows. And we were like, how can we facilitate this? How can we help? How can we be of service to our community in this way? And um, Greg and I went to the wor- a workout class like a week later. And after we sat and Greg was like, you can, you can continue the story, Greg, because this is the best part, I think. <laughs> Why, thank you. Thank you. Um, like Sarah said, we, she, it was pretty much her idea. She was like, I, I want to create space for our friends' work to be seen. And she suggested that we do a concert series for new writers. And while I love concerts and concert series, I, having produced and performed and directed a bunch of them, just understood all too well how effing complicated they were and like how much work goes into making one of those nights so successful. And, you know, for the writers or for the producers or anyone involved, like you put in all this time and energy and you, you work to like drag all (laughs) of your friends out for one evening to pay a cover charge and then a food and drink uh, minimum. And then, you know, the best thing you walk away with 
at times is like a, a YouTube video where the wait staff is walking in front of the camera or the performers are like forgetting their lyrics, God bless them. <laughs> and it just never felt like a real adequate representation of our, our friends who are writers of their work. And it was just one night and it was totally fleeting. And so I kindly shot her down <laughs> um, in creating a, a concert series and um, suggested that we try something different, which was this idea that we birthed of putting uh, musicals and short films together and creating original uh, mini movie musicals full of musical And here's magic. the catch, though. We had never done film before. Neither of us are even, like, SAG actors. We were just like, <laughs> ah. Greg's like, I want to do something that I've never done before. I want to do film. Like, I want to produce film. And I was like... Uh, cool. Like, right. let's do it. And then we like, and it was so quick. And that's, this is like how our friendship blossomed was like through this notion that we wanted to create these musical short films. And then we just kept showing up for each other and kept meeting and kept brainstorming about what we wanted this platform to be. We started meeting with writers and Someone pitched us this, uh, one of my friends, Nat Zagree, pitched us an idea that we loved, and we were like, let's do it. So. And here you are. I mean, I want to be a producer podcast telling your journey about about winning a car and then producing other things and how you met. And it truly. It truly is the culmination of, of everything as, as led but that, to this moment. But, yeah, to this moment specifically. Oh, precisely. I feel like that's like the start of a New York City rom-com movie, and it stars Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake. I know that already exists, that casting, but it was the right casting. Um, I love that you two met that way, though, and have obviously found such a really great way of working together. And something that all three of us have in common is that we all have the same education, obviously from different places, but we all have the same background. And I'm always curious to know, how did you guys find yourself steering in a way of producing? Um, I think we sort of came to it from different mm -hmm. avenues. I for as long as I can remember ever, ever since high school, I was always sort of straddling both worlds, um, you know, part of the time as a performer and then, um, half the time as a, a producer, director, sort of creator and organizer. And that sort of tracked through me from high school all the way into my professional life. Um, it's always been that sort of balance of both worlds. And, um, I think Sarah maybe came from it at a different angle, I'll let yeah, her speak no. I mean, I was on a very small level. Like, I was that girl who's like, okay, all my friends, get in line. We're going to do the talent show. I'm going to be the lead singer. Y'all do backup. I'll teach you the choreography. Like, <laughs> I was very much like that child who would organize stuff. And, you know, I was always throwing parties for people and, like, stuff not necessarily, like, producing large things or directing things. But, you know, I would choreograph for different things. Like, in college, I choreographed this really amazing fun dance that we performed on the field at the football game and stuff mm -hmm. and like did stuff like that but um nothing to the level that Greg had done so it was a huge learning curve for me and Greg was like my mentor through the entire process because and our very first one and he still is because he's just a boss but we really like I learned so much from him about even like producing a concert. I'd never even produced a concert before. It was like, I want to do this. I want to do something like right. this. And, um, and Greg just took the reins and, you know, 
show me the ropes. And- here's the thing about Sarah. And, uh, you know, before I joked that like everything you need to know about her is in that Drew Carey Price is Right story. And, and it's so true because just who Sarah is as a person and like how she has this innate ability to bring people together and to communicate story and inspire people. Like that is, that is a producer, <laughs> like, you know, sure. Like, you know, it takes organizational skills and, and stuff like that, but to be able to like inspire a group of people to come together behind a common mission and goal. Like she's always been that person. And it was just sort of like giving her the opportunity to unlock that and recognize it in herself and and give her like the opportunity to actually flex those muscles that, you know, now she gets to call herself a producer, (laughs) but she's always been. That's so wonderful. Thanks, Greg. My next question to you, I'm so happy you both started talking about each other because what I wanted to say was what I wanted to know, what, what makes you guys a good team? You two, you two, Sarah and Greg. And my other question to you is for other people who might want to start forming a team, what would you say, what would you say is a good quality in what makes a good team? Oh, wow. That's um, a tough one. That is a tough one. <laughs> I, I think we're a good team because we literally, I, I think we're just total opposites. <laughs> like not, not opposites in terms of like spirit and like, you know, energy, but just like, um, you know, like not even opposites in passion, but just like opposites in like, um, like mode of operation. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I think it brings like such a well-balanced sort of like umbrella to our organization because Sarah is someone who's like, sorry, Sarah. I know what you're going to say. I I love you you about this. I'm not going to throw you under the bus, (laughs) but Sarah is someone who's always just like, she's like, okay, here's the idea. And she's already made like 12 phone calls and it's already like put out asks to a dozen people. And like, for example, we were talking about a premiere the other day for one of our films coming up, spoiler alert. And we're talking about doing it in in the spring. And, you know, we haven't even like confirmed a date or talked to the venue or like anything else. And she's already asking me what kind of food trucks <laughs> are going to be at the event. Making sure God is in well the details, baby. God is in the details. <laughs> I have to stop her. I have to stop her. And I have to say, I am not having this conversation right now. Yeah, like, that's exactly how it happened. That will come. <laughs> but that's... But I think that's that's the yang, right? Like that's the yin and the yang, which is she she is the engine to our company. Whereas like I am someone who sort of needs to like have a handle on all of the details and all of the like intricacies and sort of like see how one thing connects to the other in order for it to all make sense. She's always there sort of just like dragging me along saying like, just say yes, just jump in, just right. keep going. Like we will figure it out. We'll make it happen. And I think it's that balance that make us a really great team, if I can say so. Hell yeah. I what love about you, Sarah? Greg. What do you think? Oh my God. Well, Greg is the organizational, like I am a tornado and Greg is like, I am, I have seen these things in different colors and like, we are going to put it all in an air table. It's going to be a beautiful spreadsheet. And I am like, <laughs> I just want to put notes all over the wall. And you know, that is that again, the yin and the yang, like our, our organizational style, like, and how we, how we um, communicate sometimes, like it's, it's great. We have this really great relationship. Um, and it's almost, be- it's cause I think maybe it's because our relationship 
kind of started, our friendship started while we were building this company. So it's right. grown in the same way that this like thing is, this company has been birthed. Our relationship as friends has been birthed. And it's just, it's awesome because we really do pick up the slack for each other. And and Greg's also like the insane tech mind. And hilariously enough, again, we're doing short film, like, Except when it comes to this <laughs> yeah. podcast. I Except when it comes to recording on the podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that's so wonderful that you both that you both that you both know what how each other balance each other out. Because I think that helps in terms of trajectory and organizing tasks as well. Because I know I work with a team as well of three other people. And it can be a lot of delegating tasks as well. Cause I mean, being a producer is putting on different hats at a different time as well, isn't it? Like oh, yeah. as you say, we call it professional right. Fire <laughs> right. grabbing that hose and just letting everything out because it, it really is that, I mean, as, as, I mean, maybe talking about the food wasn't the right timing, but also that is a conversation that is going to have to happen. And as well as the temperature in the room has to be cold to keep people awake. It's like, these are, the, <laughs> as you said, the God in the details are, are things that you have to have. And I just think it's important to have that aspect of it as well as having someone that needs to kind of like sit back and like view it from like the bird's eye view as well. And so what do you, what would you say is a good trait that a team should have? Uh. I would say show up to your organization or your project or anything like it's your child. Nourish it, feed it. Like Greg and I are co-parenting every single film, right? We have to make sure that it is getting all that it needs to survive and thrive. And that includes all the people that are involved. Um, so I would say like you have to make sure that the other bit, you are both equally as committed to the project. Right. Yeah. And Greg? Yeah, I would chime in. And I think this adds to the first question, which is like what makes us a good team, but I would also recommend it for any other producers out there is very early on and, and throughout our journey together, Sarah and I have always checked in and tried to articulate what our values are, like how we want to show up to this work, what we find important as leaders, um, why we're, we're, you know, spending gobs of time and energy and money into like why it's important to do the work that we're doing. And so I think being able to articulate those values and be able, being able to hold each other accountable to those values is what's really made us a good team, um, sort of like projecting outwards, you know, um, in, in terms of like our productions and our projects and whatnot for the rest of the people that we bring in and, and work with us. And I think if you're looking to produce, like being able to, again, articulate why it is you're doing what you're doing is, is going to be super helpful to, to lead um, and to be able to show up the way that Sarah described each right. and every day. Something I Something that you guys both do is you champion new work, which I think you're doing the God God's work. I mean, new work is the future of what this industry is. And I think another thing of what the future is, but has always been there has always been present, but it's kind of like fizzled out since, I mean, Disney kind of took over it, but a uh, musical film is what I, is what I want to get at and that it's become very popular over the, you know, the last few years. And what I was saying about Disney was that, you know, they sort of took over musical film and the animation around the nineties and they ran with it. And I mean, still are, but it really has started to come the genre that a lot of new content is is going to streaming service it's becoming the new genre 
of a lot of new content, sorry, that is going to streaming service. So my question to you guys was, was musical film something you both loved growing up? Was this a business decision where you were like, wait, we can get involved? Like, why, why start making musical film? We both grew up with Disney musicals and, you know, we're so, I mean, it was like the lifeblood of our childhood, I feel like. And so for us, when we were wanting to explore this medium, especially in short form content, we did recognize that there was an enthusiasm, like you said, for musical theater in like on our, on our screens, but we were like, because this generation is, you know, we're so fast, we're so quick, we need like easily digestible short stories. We watch them all the time. We scroll through them on Instagram. So we were like, okay, well, this musical musical film already exists. How can we adapt it to the society that we are living in now? And that is how we came to like this idea of short, short form film. And, you know, because we also grew up with, you know, Disney, Disney movies, we also like both love Pixar and yeah. love the concept of the Pixar animated short. And so when we were crafting what we kind of wanted, like to even be our verbiage or how we describe who we are, we were like, we're like the little short film before the main event. We're like the fun, really creative, interesting, kind of out of the box thinking film, like little short film before Pixar's what you came to see. So. And sort of going in on that, like, you know, I've been fascinated with Pixar's um, sort of culture uh, for a long time. And I think the purpose behind what Pixar was doing with those short films is very much in alignment with what we're doing with Empty Shorts, which is always the idea that they were allowing people and artists who aren't necessarily as seasoned or wouldn't necessarily be given the opportunity to like work on these projects on a larger scale, the opportunity to come in and figure out like, okay, how do we craft a story in 10 minutes? Not worrying about sort of like the big picture or whatnot, but like really giving them the opportunity and the resources to sort of like figure it out. Because Sarah and I feel like even in today, like unless your name is Pasek and Paul, like you're not really given the opportunity to write musicals for film, like, you know, and that's, that's something that we always wanted to do um, was provide a sandbox for these artists to, to really explore what this medium could be and look like. Totally. And the thing is, is people like the Pasek and Pauls and the Jason Rubber Browns, they deserve it. I mean, they have the hardware sitting on the shelf to prove the success, which is also why I think it gets done because you know, musical film is notoriously expensive and there isn't always a return, a guarantee on the return of your investment. And if you're going to do the musical film genre, you're going to go with the people that are commercially successful and recouping their investments on the stage production because there's the higher chance that it'll happen for your film production. But I also see your point and what you two are doing is that there also needs to be space for new work, which is why I'm so happy to have you here because you guys champion new musical film. Um, Touching on what I was just saying a little bit before about musical film being notoriously expensive. So how are you two getting creative with your, with your funding? I know you guys do live events such as shop for shorts. So explain a little bit about that. Yeah, a lot of our, um, so whenever we premiere a, um, a musical short film, 
we like to have a component that is called MT Shorts Live, mm-hmm. which um, is a concert. It shares um, more of the songbook of the writers who wrote the MT Shorts. So you can see what they've written to, for stage. And then we premiere the short film at the end of the night to see kind of, you know, how those things that, you know, how, how they have functioned and, you know, succeeded in making this musical short film. So um, for us, you know, those tickets, we raise some, so we raise some money in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been crowdfunding a lot of our um, short films and um, it is definitely a, a, a job in itself, but we've gotten so creative with our perks. And from that, we have um, really kind of developed like a following of people who really support us and champion our work and believe in the mission that we're really trying to to continue to foster and um yeah anything else greg how else do we finance this yeah i I would just say like you know our projects we sort of take it on a case-by-case basis like Mm -hmm. and, and and it's dependent really like of what the project requires so you know crowdsourcing is definitely a huge component of how we raise money for it um we also have uh, an incredible group of like corporate sponsors who believe in what we're doing and um help underwrite um projects you know we um like you mentioned we do live events um which bring in money we do fundraisers like that shots for shorts that you, you that made mention so to you that bring in money mm-hmm. But there's also some projects that don't necessarily require it. Like, um, you know, we formed a partnership with a performing arts camp down in Georgia who specializes in film production, but they'd never done a musical short film. And so they pretty much, you know, financed a whole project to to, um, have a writer write them a short film and uh, to fly me down there and work with their students for a week. We shot a 10 minute musical and, you know, four days. Wow. Um, That's madness. <laughs> but, you know, like that project. Recorded vocals in a barn. Yeah. Yeah. Holy <laughs> hell. Yeah. Right. Not only creative financing, but creative, creative. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, that, that was an opportunity for us to continue our work, but in a different way. Right now we're in, um, we're gearing up uh, for production where we were brought in as, you know, executive producers on a, um, series that's already existed. That's sort of like a one man band. Um, so it just sort of depends, I think on the project. And, and I think that's something that's sort of kept us going is our ability to maybe remain a little bit flexible and like, okay, we know we want to do this. Like, how do we do it? And, and sort of just, you know, taking the first step and following the breadcrumbs. And kind of off of what you were saying there is how, so how exactly are you choosing the work that you champion? Like, are you guys getting submissions in? Submissions in? Are you guys reaching out to people that you guys both love that you've noticed? So how exactly do you choose the work? Um, the work chooses us. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, again, it sort of has been like a, a hodgepodge kind of throughout our trajectory. I, I, um, you know, we talked about the early days of when we formed the company and, and started taking meetings with writers. And the first two meetings that we took were friends of ours, were friends of Sarah's that she'd worked with before. And, um, 
we hopped into production immediately with one of one of their films and another one we chose to develop over time. And that's the one that we're looking to release next year. So, so those sort of just came like straight out of the gate and sort of introduced and opened the door for people to discover us and to sort of pitch us ideas. And then, you know, from there, you know, we knew that we wanted to produce something, but we just, you know, emptied the bank on the last two projects. So right. we looked for creative partnerships with this performing arts camp down in Georgia. And, you know, they, they sort of, um, gave the stipulations, like it has to be, you know, 10 minutes. It needs to involve as many kids as possible. Right. Yeah. Um, it, mm-hmm. it has to be shot on campus. It has to be family friendly. And so we were like, okay. That's, so that's the power of giving the money over is that you can call the shots like that. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, creates an awesome, like creative, you know, yeah, once you have a box opportunity yeah. for us to sort of work in. And so we looked at that and we were like, okay, who do we have in our Rolodex who is going to be game to like make this possible? And then, so that sort of dictated that project. And then, you know, when the pandemic happened, we knew that we had nothing, like we had nothing in our <laughs> bank and we had just come off like a really, not grueling process, but a long sort of process with this huge film that we shot. And, um, you know, with the pandemic, we just felt like we needed to create something with our friends. Like we yeah. had to do something that brought our community together that just would make us laugh and like have the most fun ever, like making something. And so it really just became about like calling our friends and, and Sarah and oh, I was it was sort of, the homie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're getting at Greg? <laughs> exactly. We created this litmus test to be involved in the high school zoomsicle where Sarah and I would ask each other like, okay, is this person a homie? Are they homie status? And if the answer is yes, then we would just invite them to, into the sandbox. They're in. You're in. You're in. That's sort of how that process. Join us on this day. We'll put you in the Zoom room. Right. You're in. This is like. <laughs> so again, I'm yeah. not sure that we've crafted like a surefire way of like how we choose work or how we raise right. money. But going back to like our values and our mission, like that's always remained the same. And as long as that remains the same, we've been able to sort of like be malleable and how we address all the other ins and outs and nuts and bolts of mm-hmm. approaching the work. And we did reach out to the Sappho Project, which is an amazing organization. Um, and because we were really looking to collaborate with a, a female writer and um, Rona Siddiqui came into our world and she has rocked it. And we are like just honored to be collaborating with her on the, the series that we're working on right now and potentially some projects down the line. We're just obsessed with her. So that was a, a kind of a different experience too, where we were like, we're really wanting to make sure that we uh, represent a little more. Absolutely. You know, it se- so. it seems that you guys are taking, you guys both, you both, seem to take initiative and 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 do it in a creative way like you said you said okay we need to film something so we let's go reach out to this school down in the states and see what they think and and i say down in the states you are in the states but that's how i would be saying it um so you guys reach out and say well there's the school and sure they may give us stipulations but at least we get to make something and now we have a calling card and then from there you go well we're in a pandemic and all our friends are unemployed and they're all on broadway and they're all doing amazing things so wait why aren't we doing something like that i think that's something very respectable in your journey to together is you both have just kind of sat there and looked at each other and said, why aren't we doing something? And my last question before we get into this, into a quick game here, sorry, is do you think, will empty shorts always be short form or do you guys want to expand into something like do a full, full film, maybe one day, 75 minutes of content? 
I think MT shorts will always remain shorts. I think right. that's that's the the brand, the company, right? That's right. so in the mission and the idea behind MT shorts. It's literally in the title. Right. But, well, no, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, in terms of like Sarah and I, we um we've had discussions about like, you know, we work like we get this we feel confident in like our abilities to bring a team together and get behind a project and like make it happen and you know what whatever that looks like beyond musical short films like is to be determined and I think we're both like we're gung-ho about it before the world shut down and not to right. say that we're still <laughs> not gung-ho about it but it's definitely um slowed the gears a it's little harder bit. to do yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but, we want to like produce produce all sorts of stuff. I think yeah, empty shorts is just part of the greater conquest to like shake up the status quo, make cool things like, and I don't know, contribute to the society in a really meaningful way into the industry. I think that like ultimately is our goal together. Now, we are going to play a game called Radio Play. If you guys don't know what that is, they're basically just quicker questions that we get to know about you, Greg, and Sarah, the people, rather than you, Greg, and Sarah, the producers. Sound good? Love it. Great. This is Radio Play. What time do you wake up in the morning? 8.30. Whenever my dog starts barking. (laughs) Favorite musical (laughs) or play? Oh, no. West Side Story. Sunday in the Park with George. Both those choices literally have me shaking. Okay, current favorite song? Honestly, just I'm just listening to the Hamilton mixtape on repeat still, so. <laughs> uh, I, I just came off editing our last film, so Life is Zooming By is the only thing on repeat. <laughs> All right, Life is Zooming By. Um, I would like to say that this is Zoom By, but it's been four, four acts and I'm waiting for, I'm like waiting for a god to like take me out of this. Okay. Um, current favorite show? Current TV show? Oh, I'm binging Homeland. Nice. And Paw Patrol. And what about you? <laughs> um, I'm a big This Is Us fan. Okay, everyone talks about this show. I've never seen this show. I My mom was either. watching it the other night and I was like, what is this? Like, And she like loves it. Apparently it's very good. Greg, so official good. review? Yeah, it's amazing. I, you know, I cry every episode, so. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Um, because you guys have done high school Zoom school, I wanted to ask you this. If you could relive high school, would you? Oh, yeah. I loved high school. I was, I freaking ruled North Springs High School. I was the Spartan spirit officer. He oh, wow. Badge. He wore his badge at high school, at the premiere. Like, oh. Did you actually? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I got it right here. Oh. <laughs> now the most famous person you've met. I mean, obviously, Drew Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Greg? To, put, to bookend all this. I don't, I don't know who would be more famous. I, I worked with Rosie O'Donnell, Barry Manilow. Wow. Just um, to name Cheetah? a few. Oh, Cheetah Rivera. Oh, love Cheetah. But he's not just met these people. He hangs out with these people. Wait, are these like <laughs> people you cool. hang out with like on the regular? No, no, no. <laughs> Sarah's like, he's no. worth a million dollars. I'm like, he hey, is. dude, do you have a million dollars? And you're like, wait, it was a $10 bill with like a half zero. <laughs> um, okay. Don't um, let me do your taxes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, the most famous person in your phone. Drew Carey. Drew Carey. <laughs> okay, Greg. Sarah Bareilles. Uh, scale of one to 10, how good of a driver are you? 
Oh, I think I'm great. My boyfriend thinks otherwise, but I do drive stick shift, so boom roasted. I'm gonna be modest and give myself an eight and a half. That's lovely, I love that, that's nice. Um, you're like, I miss a few turn signals from time to time, but I'm okay. Uh, what does a person need to be happy? Oh, joy and gratitude, just gratitude. Greg? Mm. Yeah, I would go with gratitude and purpose. Do you believe in love at first sight? Uh, no. Greg? Yes. Wow. So you both won't be doing a romantic novel anytime soon. <laughs> um, okay, and my last few questions here are, do you believe in aliens? No, 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 no. <laughs> Greg? Oh, absolutely. Aliens 100% exist. I mean, this is where the yin and yang come in. Yeah. That's great. So, exactly. And no extraterrestrial musicals happening either. Um, <laughs> great. And the last, my last question to you both is, if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? The 70s. Hands Greg? Down. Got the hair for it already. Oh, man. Oh. I don't know. I, I, I think I'd love to be my age now in, like, the 90s. Well, that's radio play. Also, I totally agree with you. Like, I want to be in the 80s, but be my age. Like, I want to be 28 in the 80s right now. Like, yeah. mid-80s. Like, maybe 25 in the mid-80s. Like, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Totally. That'd be awesome. You know how yes. sick that would be? The music is so good. Mm -hmm. Like, the, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Kieran <laughs> agrees as well. Um, I agree. So, there's a few more questions I have here because I've taken enough of your time. And I wanted to take something off of what your website says, and it says, Empty Shorts wants to rethink how we give voice to an emerging generation of music theater creatives. So how do you guys do that? Sarah. Greg's always <laughs> so much better talking about this kind of stuff than I am. <laughs> um, so yes, the I think the system of getting to Broadway is broken. I think there are way too many risks and challenges to be able to finance and get your work seen in front of a large scale of people and um we're like okay short form content original musicals because people love it right now um and this is the way because people can see on their phone they will be able to watch a musical short film anytime anywhere and that is how we are rethinking this how we give voice to this next generation who are writing amazing things but people don't know them outside of the 54 below scene right and Greg, do you want to add to that? No, I, I think Sarah nailed it. I, I, to add to it would only taint it. Um, my last question to you both is, what is your career's greatest challenge right now as producers? As producers? Um, gosh, I don't know. What is our greatest challenge, Greg? I think right now it's, um, you know, really trying to, honor the work the best we can. And I think it's sometimes hard when we aren't all in New York and we're all kind of in different places. So um, our challenge, we kind of overcame a few days ago. We were like, how are we gonna get musical short film seen in a really engaging way? And we had this insane virtual premiere where like three over 300 people showed up and like played games and played trivia. And like, we kind of, I don't know. I think we helped crack the code on live events, like, you know, with, with all together now and stuff. So 
uh, that was our challenge, and I think we kind of overcame it a little bit. Well, well, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and they raised a lot of money doing it. Greg? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, this is such a boring, lackluster answer, but I, I think... And, and it is a challenge we will continue to face and one that we have overcome and has actually like proved to be really like beneficial to us in, in certain ways. But I think um, our biggest challenge is just financially speaking, we don't have all of the resources available to us to be able to just like make one of these films every two months. Like, I think that's what we would love to ultimately do is just like, you know, the work is so great that our artists are creating and people seem to really be enjoying it. Like, I think we would love to just like jump in with a butt ton of people and just like turn it out every other month or every month or so. And, um, you know, as you alluded to earlier, like people don't, understand like a how expensive like films are and b how expensive musicals are and then when you put them together like how expensive musical films are and just um so i think that's our biggest challenge is being able to like really articulate the vision and get enough people on board to give us the resources and support to be able to like continue doing the work well, something tells me by the amount of, by the visions that you guys have been creating, how they've been received, how many people are watching and are interested, I think you guys are doing the right thing. And I think you guys are on on a really, really strong path. And obviously, that's why I wanted you on here. You guys were doing different work to everyone that I've had on the podcast. And, and I'm really happy you guys came on the show. Seriously. Is there anywhere uh, people can follow you guys on your socials? Oh, yeah. At MT underscore shorts. And Go on Instagram. Follow us now. Anyway, and, and what about personal ones? You guys don't have to give those out, but it's up to you. Oh, I'm Sarah Ruthless, S-A-R-A-H-R-U-T-H-L-I-S-S. And Greg? Yeah, I am happy underscore camper, and that's camper with a K, as in kiwi or knapsack. <laughs> knapsack. I love that knapsack is like knapsack. definitely an N sounding word. <laughs> the silent he's like, he's like, and knitting. But I was like, mm, no, that's so funny. Uh, no. <laughs> it's seriously, you guys, I'm so happy we finally get to, to meet. Um, obviously. Oh my God. Thank you for having us, Chris. Seriously, this has been such a joy and, um, we're honored to be included. And seriously, I- guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank thanks you. For having really us. appreciate it. Keep in touch. And Thank you. we'll talk thanks, to you gentlemen. soon, okay? Bye. All right. Thanks, Kieran. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. This has been a Brown Stuff production.